Amy Levere. Two. Oh, yeah. We opened with that conversation. We did. Yeah. We did. No, that was a fun little jaunt into uh, yeah. right from the top. I had to ask her about her Facebook moniker. Her handle? Do people say still say that? Like, here's my handle. Was sure. That, well, that, that, was, that, that came from CB Radio Days. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the whole story behind Amy LeVere, too. T-O-O. That was um, Twilight Zone of social media. It was a traumatic media. event. Yeah, apparently. right? Oh, yeah, gosh. Just- but Amy's a, boy, a road warrior. Her and her husband, Will Sexton, are road warriors. Indeed. I think if they had mileage, if you could get mileage uh, credit cards or mileage points for being a touring musician, they would be platinum level. Man, 200 plus nights a year. Gosh. Yeah, they're out there. And they're still married and they still love each other and like each other. <laughs> so we, we covered a lot. You know, we, we talked a little bit of technical kind of stuff, you know, and, and but we got into sewing. We got into cooking. Veganism. Veganism. I think I had a little uh, a little moment in there where I, I said vegetarianism was less than, which oh. was a bunch of nonsense. Oh, wow! But what I what I remember about that conversation was, I'm just saying it's one or the other. You're either 100% vegan or it's all the same. Actually, okay. what I, I think what I was going after was there shouldn't be there shouldn't need to be a term for vegan. Huh? Vegetarianism should just mean you eat only vegetables. Huh. No animal products at all. It was a great conversation. Someone living a life and being a musician full time and living a life. So you, you can catch her all over the all, all over the, the continent. And she uh, dedicates um, a couple months, I think a year, over into Europe, London. Right. She keeps a base over there. How cool is that? Right. I need, to, I need to have some bases just around the country. I wish I could do that. Because apparently it's pretty expensive to... Uh, oh, she's a dedicated upright player. And so that that's a whole can of worms to get into that you just can't sling over your back and or stick it in the storage compartment. Um, yeah, check it out. It's going to be fun. Well, welcome Amy LeVere 2. What does the 2 stand for? What does the two stand for? Yeah. Oh, that's a really convoluted, <laughs> long story. Let's just start with bitterness about Facebook right out of the gates. <laughs> I well, actually, it's really crazy because I had a, um, I had a Facebook page, Amy Levere. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I had I had a really healthy following of people that you know I had maxed out my friends and I used it yeah. really. Um, it really helped in getting people out to my shows constantly. And then mm-hmm. one day it just said that I had had inappropriate content and that they I had been temporarily flagged or, flagged or locked or something. And so I had to do some sort of thing to... Anyway, at some point after multiple attempts, it said, you know, sorry for your inconvenience, your account is now unlocked, although it never was. And I'd changed my password, and actually my management company um, from Red Light, they have like a Facebook liaison that helps right. um, with any sort of, you know, ab- technical things. Mm-hmm. And so I actually had someone on my case, and for two and a half years, my Facebook page was locked. And so... It was, uh, you know, I started Amy Levere 2, T-O-O, just to start all over again, you know, F- having 5,000 friends and two and a half years of not having yeah. contact yeah. with them. Or the oh, one. gosh. I really think, I mean, it it absolutely hurt. And there's nobody you can call or talk to or figure out with Facebook. You can do the all day long solicit your uh, complaint. Yeah. And 
basically what you get back is either we can't help you and or we did help you, but nothing happened. So one day, just maybe maybe six months ago, I just tried again out of nowhere to reset my password and see, and it opened. So now I have both, um, you know, I and <sighs> ultimately I'm kind of just redundant and posting the same thing on both page. So, so, Forgive so, me for anyone who's so, so the lesson is that. Instagram. Uh, <laughs> is that I the don't lesson? Know. I Mark, think Mark it's Zuckerberg, all, if you're listening. Yeah, I, I think it's all musicians who do you know one for their music and one for their personal. I'm not quite. Well, right. I, have I'm a, trying. I have a I'm, fan I'm, page as well. Yeah. Um, but because before I had a fan page, I had the regular, yeah. you know, friend page for so long. So it's like, really, I'm posting in three places all the time when I, I post you. the same shit. But um, uh, really, I. But if I had had a clue that this was going to be part of my career to be <laughs> someone that updates things on Facebook or Instagram, yeah. I might have altered my life path because it's something I really do not enjoy doing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It. I don't enjoy it at all. Well, um, <laughs> let's just, okay. That, 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 no, that is really, you know, the, the curse and the joys of social media, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of which, I, I happen to uh, notice that uh, you have a love affair with the state of Texas, right? That, that That's quite a destination for y'all. Is that right? It is. Well, my family's from East Texas on uh -huh. my father's side and uh, Louisiana on my mother's side. And my husband, Will, he's from Austin and all of his um, mother's side of the family is also yeah. from East Texas. And so we spend not quite equal, but a good bit of our time in Texas, yeah, we're not home in Memphis. I mean, Texas is almost like its own its its own world. I mean, for people that don't know or that grew up there, I mean, Texas is its own. Indeed, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, Austin is a and Austin is also its own world in and of itself, right. separate from Texas. Right, it, is, it really is a it is you know completely unique to the entire state. Every, you, Texas has it all. Yeah, it's got tropical ocean front. I mean, they think the only thing it's missing is a mountain, and someone might prove me wrong there. <laughs> they could build it's one. It's got deserts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I met some very uh, stalwart, hardy Lutherans in Texas. Oh yeah. Like 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 it's straight up. Back to, to religion. No, I mean these, these guys. <laughs> the, the men's group had a bunch of beer steins with their names on them, proudly oh. displayed in the front of the church. <laughs> I said, "Wow, these these are real men." Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Luther's wife uh, a really good brewer? Oh, she was yeah. a great brewer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she was killing. No, we were, my uh, father's side were uh, super pious Baptists. Oh, yeah, mm. see? Isn't that interesting? You'd get in trouble left and right and not know what you did oh. wrong. <laughs> so, 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 you know, be, <laughs> but, but how, so how does Memphis compare? I mean, obviously, uh, like, it, it's how long has Memphis been your home? Uh, this May, it was 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're in it for the long haul, huh? Yeah, I have no interest in leaving, really. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I get smitten on another town when we're touring, and um, like really of late, the last several years, I've I've really been smitten on Rochester, New York. Oh wow! And you know, when I really thought about it, I I realized, 
That's because this town reminds me so much of Memphis, as does Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Oh, cool. And um, but they but what they have that Memphis doesn't have is they have each a great lake waterfront in the mm. city. So as opposed to the Mississippi, which is gorgeous and beautiful and magical and powerful, um, they actually have great lakes that you can like swim in and sail on and right yeah the river will kill you here the river yeah, will kill you here yeah, yeah. So really although there I are really kayak like the tours lakes. there are kayak tours there's we kayak yeah. tours on the river. but they stay close to shore don't they oh yeah that's completely safe <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that wow um, so so yeah. your, your music uh, we got to we got to listen to just a, a clip when we were at archer right yeah yeah you know i think you were wrapping up of the new record, yeah, that we got to, we we got to hear just a little clip, and that was a uh, was lovely. Yeah, I think he was bouncing stems or something. Yeah. during the interview, stems, yeah. stems, stems. So, how how would you describe your music? Like, what what is 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 Americana worn out? Is that a or is it like a? Do, I mean, does genres bother you, or what? What do you, what do you? Well, I think I'm gonna say I say I. I think I'm I think I'm soft rock now. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm adult contemporary. Okay. I don't know. I think yeah, the genres are Yes, I I definitely fall under Americana, right? That's where it goes. Mm-hmm. And um I just think that I don't know that I'm I think I I think that happens because it's music without a home, you know, or ha- music has been music without a home. I don't think I'm rootsy enough at times for the Americana uh Yeah. You know what what ends up in the award shows and things like that. I think I'm probably more folk, but I but I kind of like a, a bit of a more modern production style. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't really know. But yeah, the genres hurt. They yeah, hurt, they hurt. Yeah. So I'm glad it's getting everything's getting more. I'm not sure what the word is. I'm, What's the word? Integrated, m- yeah. mixed. Yeah. Right. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful that it's doing that somewhat, but also I just feel like I'm floating out there all the time, in the way that I can't find a home. Maybe it's just not good. I don't know. Oh no! No, <laughs> no, no. I can't. Oh, no. I, it's uniquely me. I mean, yeah, it really right? is. It's like I don't think that it sounds right, just like anybody else. You know. What have you noticed about your audience? Maybe work it from the other way. Um, I'd say that mostly my audience are um, sort of um, intellectual adults. That mm-hmm. you know, it's like there's usually a lot of um, um, teachers. There's a professors and things like this in my audience when we do these. You know, when I when I tour, it's like my audience is usually thirty to sixty year olds. Yeah. That. Um, Music fans. Our music fans. Yeah. Uh, more lyric fans or, or mm-hmm. writing, probably probably more writing fans. That's cool. We were talking about songwriting with Mark yesterday and yeah. how music can, uh, the, the, this threshold of like art and fashion, you know, and like, like. I think the word used was accessory. Accessory is a great word, yeah. you know, where people maybe just accessorize their live with music, but, but not necessarily really drink in or look for, uh, Deeper waters, deeper threads. You know, some 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 deeper thought than just what we're saying than hooking up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of lyrics dedicated to uh, to that endeavor. Um, 
I mean, the reason why I, you know, Americana label, I, I, I in, in a lot of your branding, a lot of your photos, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, touting around the big upright bass, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that, and that's a dedication. Is that still something? I mean, obviously, you, you play electric also? Um, I do. Not, 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 I play electric mostly when I'm feeling lazy. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But but uh, but the upright is it's its own kind of animal and lends itself a kind of a sound right to the overall sound of what what's well, happening. Well, th- the one thing about well, first of all, it's like dancing with somebody. It's way more fun for mm-hmm. me, and um, I do think it's for for my body. It feels more ergonomically correct. Okay, you know, it's like if you're standing up. This looks if if you can envision what my hands are doing holding an upright bass. Almost like a ballet dancer. Yeah, yeah. and then if you think about the. The electric, it's like my wrist is twisted. It's heavy on my shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. they're not particularly light electric bases. And and so it's it just doesn't feel as natural. Yeah. You know. And I, when I've stumbled upon playing it, and I it's fun for me. And But the electric is fun to sit down and play. Yeah, right. You know, I really enjoy that when I don't want to stand up for a bit really long um, wallpaper gig. Yeah. <laughs> A wallpaper gig, yeah, you know, a, right. wa- a wallpaper gig, which I there's a lot of value in a wallpaper gig for right. rehearsing and just playing mm-hmm. for yourself. I don't, I don't mind them so much, but I like I prefer doing that with an electric and the the dancing analogy is good. I, I like that. It's because the bass, you know, an upright is 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 another member of the band, really. Yeah, it yeah, is, and then it's... also because Will and I've been touring just as a duo for the most part hmm. for the last couple of years, um, primarily really. It's a percussive instrument. So yeah. It's like I can I do a lot of slapping. Oh yeah. Just the rockabilly vibe. It's not though. It's not the rockabilly vibe at all. Mm-hmm. It's just um, something that holds a little bit of a drum. Not like you know, not not wild because that's not the music I'm playing. But mm-hmm. but it has a natural percussive yeah. thing to it. So are you, are you doing a to get a little geeky? Are, are, are you doing like a revo- removable neck upright, or you, you have like a straight up? Uh... I have a, a my my main bass is a '70s model Engelhart, mm-hmm. and then I I bought a '50s K to beat up. Yeah, which is weird to say because the other one has way more sentimental attachment for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I missed playing it so much, so I'm I'm back to touring with the Engelhart and. The 50s is K is at the house in, for emergencies, Emerge. or if I have to have a base in two different places for fly dates or something. Right. It's good to have a backup. But no, I try. I was at the Del McCurry Festival with Luther Dickinson, and I tried one of those bases. Yeah. And um, the ones with the fold-out neck. Yeah, right. And the the neck on them is like a baseball bat. It's huge. Okay. And it, my hand was really fatigued after trying to play several songs with it. Oh wow. And so I. Because the um, the fifties K, as my Engelhart is as well, it has a very th- slender neck, and that's just what I'm used to. And so, my the palm of my hand would ache from oh, playing wow. that. Yeah, I, I have very small hands, really. So, it's, so as much as I would love to be able to rent a car and tour with this foldable base, it's right th- until they make one with a thin neck. Then a I, thinner neck? Yeah, oh, thinner gosh. Neck. I don't think I could muster it. I've been kind of shopping around. There's there's a lot of different makers. You know, like the Chadwick was uh, the one where it kind of goes into the body. That's the one I tried. That's the one, the Chadwick? Yeah. That's the one he's, I tried. He's out of Nashville, I think. And uh, and then just other luthiers are, 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 are making um, ones that just detach. You know, it has, has a large bolt that goes down the center 
and then you're able to remove the neck, but then it, 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 it like straps into the part of the case or something like that. And uh, the Chadwick looked really interesting, but uh, it might be in my future. You know, I don't know how. How it's. Uh, I've I've been uh, really feeling my footprint driving around this giant passenger van. Oh yeah. And having it just be me and Will in the van is sort of ridiculous. And the bass. And but yeah, I'm carting around <laughs> the bass. I mean, we, we do have a band, you know, every yeah. f- several weeks or so. So I I don't I don't want to get rid of the van, but I'd it'd be nice for us to not be eating up so much gas on yeah. the road. Yeah. So you, you do the big uh, fiberglass case when you do the fly dates also? Is that? No, you can't actually fly with a bass anymore. Yeah. Um, you have to send a base cargo after 9-11. They oh, changed man. the um, the size limits on what you could actually put on an airplane. Mm-hmm. So and if you have to send it cargo if you fly it. So right. usually if I have to go fly, I'll rent a base. Or, for instance, mm-hmm. I knew we were coming back up to D.C. for a gig, and we were in Pennsylvania, so I left a base up near there. Drove back to Memphis, Man. played a gig here, and then flew there and got it. And picked, well, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't matter. But yeah. Yeah, but that, I mean, <laughs> things you got to think about. Yeah. You know, if you're commit I, to a. I also own a base in London that's a. It's called an Upton base, and it's yeah. A, you know Upton. Upton, yeah, oh, great base. So I yeah. bought the Upton and shipped it to the UK, and it lives at my friend Andy Washington's house, who's a tour manager for a lot of bands there. Oh and, my goodness. Well, that way I can, because the bases for rent over there are garbage. <laughs> So now we fly over there and I have a base to or, or, tour. Europe. Or their $130,000, you know, it classic. Was, at the time, the first time Either we or. went for a month, it was 80 uh, pounds a day, which at the time was roughly $160 yeah, right. a day for touring for a month. Oh. Uh, yeah, thank God oh, for God. tour support back then. I never could have done it otherwise. But that, yeah, it just made more sense to buy one for... You know, a thousand a base for a thousand. Spend yeah. the eight hundred dollars to ship it, and then it's always been there for me. That's cool. Yeah. Often you get over to uh, to London. Often is that? Um, well, last year we didn't go, but prior to that, at least once a year mm-hmm. since maybe two thousand and eight. Yeah. So, but we go to we 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 go overseas once a year. Whether I go to UK or not is another story. But mm-hmm. we'll be there in January and February this year. That's cool. Mm-hmm. We were doing the Americana Fest UK. I, I was going to say, I mean, I mean, Kilzer's last record, or the one before, won, 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 won the award, right, in, in London. Oh, really? Yeah. For Americana yeah. record? Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, under that genre or something like that. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Good. For, yeah. That's so good. Yeah, that was, it was really neat. That was cool. So what about the duo with Will? Um, well, Will and I, I mean... It's magic. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no, that's right. No, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been, you really? know, kind of keep tabs with you on, online, and then, like... There's you know, nothing I, good online. Well, as far as, like, trying to see, where, you know, like, your travels and whatnot, I'm trying to catch a show in town, and, well, we're, and, and then we're, if, we're, if we're working, it's like, oh, man. We're actually know. just, uh, we're going to play on the 15th at DKDC. Yeah, okay. There's a friend of Will's uh, named James Stevens, who's a songwriter, and he's yeah. also a studio engineer for... Um, East Austin recording and he's passing through town and was wondering if we could help him get a gig and so we booked cool. him at DK that night and offered to play a set and hope, hopefully help bring some people to his show ultimately but yeah. we'll, we'll play a set together. Yeah, see and we talked about that with, with Mark the other day about trying to 
whenever we meet folks visiting the area, trying to encourage them to Uber down into Midtown and hear, hear, hear some of the local art, you know, happening. Uh, I mean, it Beale seems Street. like that's a, a standard place for us to recommend. Oh yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's for, Put for, it for music folks. Well, no, there's no just God. something really informal and intimate about the space mm -hmm. and, um, Karen and uh, Karen Blockman, who owns the place, she's done a really great job in enlisting the right person to hang the right speakers for that size room. And it oh, okay. just sounds really good in there. And so probably at capacity, seated can be maybe maybe 45, maybe 50 people. Right. That might even be stretching it. But And most of the people that go in there, when there's music, are there to enjoy a cocktail and listen to music. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. It's just got just the right ambiance. I had a really good burger there. Yeah, the food is fantastic. Yeah, they share the, well, like the, the kitchen hubcap? with uh, with the beauty shop. Mm -hmm. Is it called the hubcap burger or something? They they put some kind of hubcap over the top of it to steam it or something? I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is that, uh, I'm not making it up, I oh, swear. Oh, that, <laughs> that's funny. That's, that was, sounds just like something right? you should I was do, just, yeah. I'm like, really? But it was delicious. A it was steam really burger. Yeah, it's a small venue, but you know, I've never been in there. And I've been in there when it's crowded, but I've never been in there when it was just obnoxious you know and oh i have yeah. it gets <laughs> okay. crazy i mean yeah. they have all kinds of bands play there so right. if it's you know depending on the music is depends on you know what the crowd turns into but generally yeah. if you play um you know if you're playing some something precious in there you start you play from eight to, to ten or t nine to twelve or whatever and then right. as you're finishing it's just the volume of the venues getting louder and louder and louder because right. you know all the kid all the all the Night owls come out between midnight and yeah, two or three. I'm, I'm and in bed by then. Gets fun. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I still got it in me sometimes. I don't know. So, so talk about talk. We, we, we mentioned your latest record. You know, we got to hear clips. So, the, the, talk about that. Like, what what's st stories behind it? You know, you finally you finally got it done, right? It's all it's all good. Yeah, I really wanted to release a record on my own for a change. It yeah. just there was many reasons why uh, so I've been with Archer Records Memphis label Archer Records forever and Ward Archer is sort of my hero and my yeah. champion and I'd probably be nowhere without him mm. and um, it's just there you know I felt that there's there hadn't there just hasn't been a lot of energy um, there whereas the label end is concerned for Ward they've been doing a lot more with the film world film editing and right. sound editing and and um just they're they're busy doing voiceover work and 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 recording the recording but the label end just really hasn't been really active mm -hmm. there and they don't have the employees there to really work a record like they used to and i think that has large you know that's mostly because there's no there's no fucking money in it you know yeah. I mean? yeah. and i understand i totally understand that but also i kind of wanted to I wanted to release a record so that I would actually know what it's like to do it and what's involved because I never really paid attention too much to it, you know. I'm, on the production side, you mean? Not the production side. Um, I mean, like on uh, licensing and publishing oh, yeah. and all the, you know, all the officey, businessy things that go gotcha. down with it. Yeah. I've never paid attention to that end of my world at all because mm -hmm. my job is writing the songs and touring. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. So uh, I, I wanted the challenge of it and it was probably the biggest mistake of my life oh no yeah truly it was because i don't i have no idea what i'm doing i 
even and I'm I, I have reading comprehension issues. Um, not like a not like I'm an idiot, but I have I don't know if it's like a it's been sort of phonally diagnosed as a bit of a a flavor of dyslexia. Yeah, okay. So I can read the same paragraph ten times and just mm-hmm. don't know. I can't. I, I would be dream, daydreaming about that squirrel over there before I get done with the third sentence. Right. It's really hard for me to concentrate on writing. Weirdly, though, since I got some readers, it's been better. Mm-hmm. But this was a nightmare for me. Oh wow. Yeah, it was a nightmare, and it was a lot of work, and. Um, and the record's kind of nowhere because of it, because I didn't have the money to hire the radio promoter, and I didn't have the money to hire a publicist. And so I, you know, with the help of Tim Regan, who is um, my booking agent mm-hmm. and has a record label called Nine Mile Records, um, I basically paid him to spend some hours with me to... Um, hand write out all the damn envelopes to send to radio and to send to wow. press and um, no matter how you want to believe what um, the music industry is or was it is absolutely still a who you know industry yeah, so if yeah. you don't hire the middleman the radio promoter that they all know and love and are the tastemakers you don't get the radio play right if you're not affiliated with the right publicist your shit doesn't end up in print you right. know and so it's it was a a big learning lesson, but I do own all the publishing on this record, which is a first for me. Yeah. So I um you know if it, if it ever did um you know song got in a movie I'd get all the money. Yeah know? right. Yeah. So I don't, I like the idea of owning one in my catalog, and I don't go into the label and buy the merch at a okay. you know a big price. I, I print these myself and I have them to sell. So maybe in the long run it'll have worked out to the have done game. this. The long game? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm really actually um, woefully disappointed that this record's not going to really see the light of day like I'd hoped it would. Goodness, wow. Yeah. So you were really take, taken surprised by, by that whole I don't know that I really was. I, yeah. I don't know that I was... Oh, by the difficulty of yeah, putting it all together? Yeah, just... I was, yeah. I was. I thought I, I thought I was more capable of, of doing it, and um, yeah, my, I think my comprehension of it caused me to be really, um, to procrastinate about it. It was like, mm-hmm. it was like homework. It was like being in high school again. It was terrible. But, yeah, but, I, but I guess it. you're also talking about trying, trying to have that project achieve a, a, a different level than, just. You know, because musicians today are just self-producing and self-creating and, you know, laptops and interfaces and, and then just stick it on online. But you're talking, trying to place your product at, at a different tier, right? Is, is that what you mean? You know, whereas like just self-producing and sticking it on SoundCloud or yeah. or getting it on iTunes per se. You know, you, as far as having to hire the middle person to really get right. the, the, the airplay and, and whatnot. Right. That, that, that's, that's, that's a different that's a different tier of, of marketing of of, of, uh, of placing well, your, your record. Well, thanks to Ward Archer, it's one I'm used to. So yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why settle for anything less? I'm not going back. I don't want to go backwards. So. Right. Yeah. 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 That's uh, I mean that's that's something that we're we've played around with trying to uh, well we're flirting with with trying to get songs placed. Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's uh. But still, I mean, we in, in one of our current situations, we're still we're fortunate enough to have a middleman. 
Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And and yeah. And, yeah. and, and when those don't work out <laughs> with that person, then we have to, you know, yeah, yeah. for sure, figure out right. a way to, to do it on our own. I guess what I think what you're saying, um, Carl, is that um, I think a lot of and yes, it is a step back. A lot of musicians that are um, putting stuff out online, I, I, I think. It, they're they're just assuming that radio and we we've been talking about terrestrial radio, is dead. yeah, is dead right. and, and they're not focusing their energy on that, right? Um, which I don't really believe, you know, but but I think that is the mindset for better or worse, you know. Um, right. I mean, and I think, really, it is I, I think you're right. <laughs> I think I think I think there's something to that though for sure, and I do think, you know, from the several meetings I've had and the people I've talked to about the modern landscape of music it's right. getting on playlists and spot playlists 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 as far as radio goes it's yeah. uh-huh. satellite radio and and um, you know somebody gave me this long speech this guy who's managing bands out of um, Ohio of all, Ohio of all places but he's had some success with some people that he's working with now and he's like basically you need to create your own Spotify channels yeah. Make as many, you know, get as many as you can of your Spotify channels. Be sure you slip in your songs in each one of them, whatever right. you call them. Um, and then if it if one of them gets picked up and some, you know, the more it plays, this is how you, you know, it's publishing. There is an actual, you know, there's a science to it. There's a science to it. <laughs> Ugh. But sitting around making playlists is just... There's a grind about it, right? That's really. There's a grind, and yeah. I don't mean to feel. I don't mean to sound lazy. It's no. Just, I want to be writing songs, and the, I want to be traveling, playing music. Yeah. That's the least. That's the furthest thing from my interest, or. Right. You know, it's just not what I've what I enjoy doing at the, the, all, the, the, and or I'm good at. Ha- I'm having good to be at. the the self admin, in your organization. Yeah, I mean, it's of all the hats we have to wear. Right, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I'm so, looking forward to being able to pay somebody to do the <laughs> someday the, the, the social media thing. I, 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 yeah, I'm with you on that. It's, um, but while we're talking about distribution, um, I mean, you still use physical copies, or are, are you doing vinyl at all? Or? Um, I ha- I'm going to be printing up vinyl for uh, the trip to the UK. I'll have vinyl by then, but I just couldn't. I, you know, I had uh, just a small budget to put this record together. Right. I really chipped away at it for over two years. You mm-hmm. know, when I had money, we'd go into the studio and. Right. So, um, and then of course I did a somewhat successful Indiegogo to, fin- to finish it. Yeah. So now it's, um, yeah, so yeah, now I'm recouping slowly, and I'm gonna be able to put vinyl out before we go to the UK. Wow. So how, how many? How many? How much vinyl do you, do you think you're gonna? I'm only going to print a thousand right now. That's still that's a chunk of yeah, that's vinyl of actual. I mean, that's so it, do you ship that all over to the UK then, or you keep some here also, or is that like a uh, th- does it sell better? Or, or I'm cr- going to print half of them in the states, and I'm going to have the other half printed in the UK. Oh, that's okay, smart. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So, so how many dates a year are you on the road? I mean, how that that's th- um, last year we. It was just over 200 days yeah. a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the travel between that, and uh, it's it's got to be, it's, it's got to help having your husband, and uh, part of the band, right? It's a dream. <laughs> yeah. It's an absolute dream. Yeah. We met we met traveling, play, you know he was playing guitar and I was playing bass in The Wandering with Shannon McNally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, no, I'm sorry, that's not true. The Wandering was with Luther Dickinson, but Shannon McNally and Valerie June were in the band and Charday Thomas. 
and then um, after that, Shannon and I started to tour some together just because we'd hit, we had hit it off mm-hmm. in the making of that project. And uh, she brought Will along for this tour we did, and I brought Sean Zorn along to play mm-hmm. drums. And, uh, yeah, Will and I totally fell in love. And I think most of it was because we were just had such a similar symbiotic traveling aesthetic and mm-hmm. uh, we're both so laid back and nothing gets us up, you know we're, yeah. we just both are completely go with the flow kind of people as is Sean Zorn he's a, one of my favorite people in the world to travel with as well mm-hmm. but we also have um, we love you know junk shops and thrift stores because I always said they're free museums <laughs> 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 I love looking at old shit like that <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, so we just, we had similar, mm-hmm. yeah, just had a similar rhythm about touring. So that, I think we bonded over that first and realized at some point, like, hey, this is easy. This, I could do this forever. And then now we, now we get to, which is so great. How long have you guys been married? It'll be five years, um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. That's oh, cool. That is sweet. Thank you. That is really That's cool. very cool. So, I mean, uh, for those who are aspiring to travel, uh, to tour, how, how much of the gig is being able to uh, have a uh, like-mindedness with the rest of your your band? That's uh, the hang is is a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's huge. It's it's um, you're basically your mental health is right held in the grips of the mental health of the people that you're traveling with. It mm-hmm. really is. If you're, I mean, two hundred days a year. That's that's a lot of your lifetime to spend with other people up in your shit all all the time all the time <laughs> if you can't it's like the music matters second to the to the union of the people that you get to play the music with have you had to uh, travel with with someone that that's been mm-hmm. tiring a little, little too much drama yes absolutely <laughs> you just can't wait for it to be done <laughs> It's painful. And the music never so suffers painful because touring. of that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's like um, Jim Dickinson when we were recording. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the context, but we were. I can't remember exactly what. Well, anyway, I was having some sort of fuss with someone in the studio long ago when I was making Anchors and Anvils, my second record that he produced, and I was having some sort of argument with someone on the... Well, someone was really picking at me about my vocal, about singing my vocal, um, trying to get me to do something differently, and I was getting pissed, like, will you just let me sing it my my way? And and Jim finally stepped in and... um, he was. He kicked the person out of the studio, mm. made him leave, and he was like, he, 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 I can't remember the word he used, but basically he was like, that shit stick to tape. Get the fuck out of my studio. <laughs> he didn't want that energy sticking yeah. to the tape, you know? That, it, kind of, it crossed a threshold to where it started to just bring the whole session down. Yeah, because yeah. it was, yeah, it was unnecessary. Oh, gosh. But that's the same thing with a live performance, it, you know? Yeah. You can't, yeah. And yeah. music shouldn't always be joyful, I don't mean to say. It's like sometimes when I'm f- feeling sensitive, I can deliver one of the best performances ever if I'm a little bit in a bad mood or sa- oh, wow. sad mood. You know, sometimes it can be a really heartfelt yeah. performance. But Lean into it a little more. Anger is the most unproductive thing in the world for playing live, in my opinion. 
You wow. fuck up. You, you know, you. Mm-hmm. Anger is the worst. The worst. <sighs> just builds on itself. <laughs> you get mad, and then you get mad. Oh, and then, like you said, you mess up, and then you get mad at the mistake, and then yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. No, it makes for a very short set. oh man um yeah i've worked with a few lead well in st louis i worked with a few lead singers who were kind of their own worst enemy Uh you know and where it's just like the whole we're just kind of watching them dissolve themselves beating themselves up yeah it's just like man you know i think i thought music was supposed to be fun what what (laughs) How'd I get here? What's happening? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was really super talented people that were just their own. I'm guilty of that. More when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was guilty of that. Wrestling with expectations. Yeah. Putting a whole lot of pressure on myself Mm. and not living, you know, not living up to it. Yeah. You know, not dealing well with when you're feeling sick or winded and can't actually deliver what mm. you need you know has marriage been a good uh, um, roughing off the edges oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's either that or just my age I just <laughs> I mean I just don't have yeah it has a lot yeah so 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 Will so he's um, he played I mean he's a bass player also right uh, yeah he was a bass player he started out as a bass um, his brother Charlie Sexton plays guitar mm-hmm. and um, when they were little kids, Will was the bass player and Charlie was a guitar player. Um, but as he, you know, the older he got, the more interested in guitar he became. But he's been playing since he was nine years old. Wow. Yeah, he's a great musician. He's a yeah. great bass player. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, and a the- great songwriter. He's, he also has a record coming out this year on Big Legal Mess. It's a solo record of songs he wrote um, oh, cool. and his backup band is the Iguanas from New Orleans on that record oh wow yeah. it's, bad. it's badass and what, when's that coming out uh, the end of January end of January very mm-hmm. cool is you, you're gonna uh, is he gonna do some tour support for that or yeah they're gonna tour in late February after we get back from UK terrific yeah excited about that <laughs> I want I told him I just want to be the merch girl and is drive, that- drive the van <laughs> <laughs> the merch girl. That's I wanted great. to sell the merch and drive the van. That's it. Oh, that's fantastic. I could use a break. <laughs> What's it like writing together? We don't. No? No, we don't. We, we have two songs that we have written together, mm-hmm. uh, but never sitting in the same room. Yeah. Uh, one was, um, basically, he wrote a song, and then I finished most of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's how it happened both times. Okay. He wrote a song, and then... Uh, he was looking for material from through old notebooks for his this record the 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 record for fat uh, big legal mess you mean like journal like his journaling yeah looking through his old notebooks yeah. just to find unfinished songs to maybe finish f- mm-hmm. writing for the record and i heard him play the song uh, the first line of no battle him there's no battle him and it's on the my new record mm-hmm. and um and then i heard him flip the page and a little bit later, I got went back and said, "What is the No Battle Him song?" And I flipped back, and he's like, "I just have this one line." And he had written some notes of melody, mm-hmm. and I just asked him if I could have it. And I took it into the kitchen, and I wrote it. And then I, and then he came back and, you know, helped me alter some 
words here or there. So that was that's how we've ever co-written. Okay. We haven't okay. sat down and be like, wah, 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 you know. Right. <laughs> I actually have never done that. It's not uh-huh. it's not something I'm comfortable with. As far as co-writing? No, I'm a really insular writer. Interesting. Yeah. Very private writer. Yeah. I mean, that's. I don't uh, like anyone in the house generally when I'm trying to write a song. Oh wow. Yeah. Just gotta concentrate and just. Mm-hmm. It would change. I think it would change what I'd write if I if someone was an earshot. I, th- I, think, I think Jonathan I would get here. Filter through that. I've done the most co-writing with you than I have with anyone. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, we knock around stuff and. Yeah, we're we're not in the same room though. We're, no, we're not. We're just, <laughs> we we yeah. email. We oh, email yeah. our ideas to yeah. each other. Sometimes my right. So too, you're not in the same room. No. Yeah. No. We just we we have a we do and like a Google of, Drive or something of, like that. Yeah. What kind of musicians are you? Oh, What's what, your genre? What, what are we? Oh, gosh. Come on. We, we met playing jazz, so that was the first mistake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I still play mostly jazz, I suppose, uh, and, and, and write. We were jazz but, heads. And then, uh, and I don't then, know, lately we've been doing more like, you know, pop and commercial stuff. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like, like, yeah, some, some nerdy instrumental stuff and then some yeah. pop, uh, <laughs> cool in the gang type oh, that's, groove stuff. <laughs> like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, you know, but being a bass player, I've, I've been able to play everything from Iranian folk disco. Whoa! Yeah, which was hilarious. <laughs> and, and, uh, See, um, I'm one note at a time. It sounds like you're doing something way fancier. <laughs> it, it was just I just I was out before I left LA. There was a guy named Pishkari, and he had he had fled Iran, and, and he kind of looked like Saddam Hussein with an awesome mullet. If you were to combine Saddam Hussein and Billy Ray Cyrus, <laughs> this is a true story. And and uh, and and his his shtick was to was to uh, reinterpret his Iranian folk. Uh, he played flute, and to reinterpret his folk songs with a disco kind of groove beat, and 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 that's what we did. I, I played with flute. him for a couple months, and uh, we even ended up on some closed like Bill and Ted closed circuit uh, cable TV out in Los Angeles right about the time when Khomeini died. Uh, this is by far the strangest story Yeah, this I've is ever. a yeah. this Hey man, no, he, he's on YouTube. We should uh, just be uh, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> look, look up Piscari yeah. and he would and he would he, he all, all we had to go on was like this key, this song's in D minor, follow me. <laughs> and he would do this thing with his hand, follow me. And then he'd start <laughs> Yeah, for real. Yeah. And uh, How long did you live in LA? Are you I, from here, from Memphis originally? I grew up outside Los Angeles, and then I was in St. Louis for about 20 years, and then uh, been in Memphis about seven. So this is about the time I was a young young musician, uh, right before I left uh, L.A. It was one of my last gigs what out there. What brought you to Memphis? Well, it was a... Uh, <laughs> it was a church gig of all things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I uh, I've told the story a couple of times. I went on a theological bender and, and thought I wanted to go to seminary, and a church said, "We'll pay for you to go if you do some music stuff for us." And so uh, I did, and I lasted almost two years. Oh, well, what <laughs> made you decide you didn't want to be in the seminary? Oh, well, when when they decided they didn't want me to work for them anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it, was, it, it was starting to become a mutual thing. It was, I mean, it, you know, it, there's, it, it's, it's people. You know, the, the old saying is like, man, church would be great if it weren't for the people. There, there's, 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 it's fun. It, well, things you know happen. It's a long life. You can, you know, right? You to try all kinds of things in life. Well, I thought, I thought we'd be, le- I thought we'd be leaving Memphis, but we're still here. And my wife does, uh, she actually works here at oh, Upper yeah? Memphis. She does a uh, production. Uh, she's the production manager. She gets to make sure everything happens. 
when they do a production. She's she's a badass. If I don't, yeah, she is. She Will, really is. Will and I are committed to. We're going to be home all of December. Well, most of December anyway, which is going to be really unusual and wonderful oh, wow. for us. No Christmas shows, or do you do a Christmas? Uh, um, I don't have anything on the books right now, which mm-hmm. is glorious. Really, I'm I'm super excited about a month off, and actually, I'm feeling really inspired to write. So I'm really excited about that. But back back to your yes. Uh, we are committed to seeing more theater and opera. Would you like to go see an opera? Please. I will hook you up with some <gasps> opera tickets. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we were just saying we never go to plays. I mean, we go to the movies, right? but we never go to plays, and we never go to the opera. So we were saying in December, let's binge. Let's go. Yeah, and, I mean, and we've touched on this before. This is one of our, our uh, mantras of, like, you got to go see people do things yeah. in person. Move uh, the air, inspiring. I think. Is you have to go see phrase. humans make yeah. art somewhere in person. It, it's, it's not enough to go watch it on your screen, on oh, your no. phone. It's, no. It's, and, uh, you know, it's like, uh, and, and seeing, what, whatever stereotype people have about opera, you think, ah, oh, it's opera, I don't know, I don't know, but you, you get sucked up in a story and all of a sudden you're feeling, your heart's breaking for this lady whose life is just gone completely sideways and you're, you're, you're like in it you're thinking and you're weeping oh, you oh know. before yeah. you know it you're just yeah you're wiping your face and, um, and even if it happens to be one that maybe you don't get into that way just to see that many people I mean the, the orchestra uh, the leads everything working together to make something that but, t- let me tell you what that something that was birthed here in town now, now you got me going but uh, Opera Memphis produced uh, uh, The Rising and the Falling and it was actually also subsidized mm. by the army and it's a story of um, different takes of a story of, of a woman who was uh, active duty uh, in the Saudi theater trying to wish her 13-year-old a happy birthday across Skype. Here she is on the other side of the world while serving. And it, it just in the first couple songs, your heart is ripped out of your chest. You know, because here she is, like, I, I've, I've, I've taken this oath to serve my country, and, I, and, and here I am on the other side of the world for my 13-year-old girl who's, who's having a birthday. And in the Skype's cutting in and out. She's trying to have this moment. And just all of it. It just... Wow. It was powerful. Yeah. And when and where and how long ago was that? Or is it so that, that was last... Their, their, their uh, festival, um, which was over the summer, right? Mm. Yeah, it's out. Yeah, and now, and now uh, um, it's... Uh, different opera companies are picking it up. Um, it, it's, 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 it's a heavy hitter. It's, it's beautiful. Well, what's coming up? This season, I actually am drawing a blank as to what the larger works are coming. Uh, we'll have to see what's happening in December. Try and hook you guys up for something. Anything. Anything. Do you remember <laughs> the, uh, I mean, this is not this year, I, I guess. No, it was la- It was last season. The uh, Remember the elevator uh, uh, thing from the Crosstown? Um, man, it was an, uh, the main character was an elevator operator. I'm forgetting the title of the, the Oh, opera. shoot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm spacing as well. I'm going to put that up right, well, now anyway, that I mentioned it. But. Have you seen the, um, I haven't been yet, but at Paradiso, Malco Paradiso, apparently mm-hmm. every other week they host a, um, they do a behind the scenes of the Manhattan Opera uh, uh, where you I'm can go and see the like the, the you, yeah, it's like, it's an opera from the Met on right. the big screen. Right. And then they also show sort of behind the scenes where they're costuming and mm-hmm. all of that. Apparently it's really powerful and. 
you know, they've got all the surrounds oh, and yeah, speakers yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah our, our costume designer here, uh, Sona, is is brilliant. She's... Um, oh, I love Sona. I know her. Do you really? Yeah, because she worked on uh, $5 Cover. She was doing... She was a seamstress on $5 Cover. Oh, and, man. Uh, I haven't seen her in years. She's so talented. She's brilliant. She is so brilliant. Yes. I'm Yeah, I haven't thought of her in years. Oh, my God. You have to... I'm so I don't glad know if she's you in today. You have to... You have to yeah, Stick I'd your nose in the costume shop and say, hey. Oh, yeah, my goodness. She actually used to live really, when I lived in Cooper Young, she lived in an apartment there just where the old pie factory was. Oh, my goodness. So we were, we were na- two doors down neighbors for a minute there. So, so, so we're, we're kind of touching on this, but yeah, when you're not consuming and, and, and driving and doing music, what, what, are, what are things that kind of help, are the things that kind of help contribute to your overall uh, human health of, of, of being a being a human, you know, other things you take in. I know, but music takes up a lot of time. And well, if you're gonna it's tour funny it. that you mentioned her because I all year in my off time, I was taking some sewing lessons. Really? And I was um, and literally just this week since Will and I have been home, uh, we've been having this kind of big purge in the house because we have a bad habit. That, you know, I mentioned about loving junk shops. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we have a booth at free an... Free museums. An, yeah, free museums. So we have a booth <laughs> at an antique mall here in Memphis on Summer Avenue. Okay. And so, you know, we'd collect cool shit that we thought belonged in Memphis and then go sell it in our booth, but the booth is only yay big, so our house started to become sort of this collection oh, wow. pile of crap. <laughs> so really cool crap. I mean, super cool stuff. But um, so... We've been just sort of getting rid of a bunch of stuff that we we don't need. Mm-hmm. Did and you hold each item and ask yourself if it sparked joy? Kind of. Yeah. I yeah. kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have amassed over the years a pretty sizable collection of sewing things. Wow. And um, and included in that pile of sewing things are many, many unfinished, failed attempts at sewing. Oh, wow. And the creative part of my mind, um, I think, is very full and realized. And then the application of actually creating what I want as fast as I want it to be created is not quite there. You're still acquiring chops, sewing chops? Well, yeah, I'm acquiring sewing chops and... um, but also, I've realized my patience is just not oh. what it needs to be to actually realize these these projects. So, uh, my stepdaughter, Will's daughter Finley, she makes clothes and she goes around to um, markets and travels to Chicago to go to these fashion markets oh, wow. in Manhattan. She's nineteen. She's brilliant. She's making. She's starting to make a little splash. So, we're going to Texas for Thanksgiving, and I'm loading up all of my sewing stuff, and I'm going to gift it to her, and I'm going to just decide. I'm going to check that off the list as something that I enjoyed and tried to do in my lifetime, and I'm moving on. <laughs> so, <laughs> getting rid of the sewing things. Uh-huh. Um, something else that I've that I'm going to be spending a lot more time with in December is the Mariposa Project. Um, there's a group that operates out of the Congo Church mm-hmm. um, there in Cooper Young that um, sort of they well they sort of feed and clothe and give coats and help with passage through Memphis for the refugees right. that are traveling to sanctuary cities and mm-hmm. shelters around the United States. They are doing some amazing, amazing work. Yeah. And I'm not Spanish speaking, um, and 
you know, most of the people that have been coming through, they're not Spanish speakers either. They speak right. Mayan languages, but uh, there's volunteers that, they, you know, half the time when they get off the Greyhound bus in Memphis, which is the first stop where they're forced off the bus wow. from El Paso, the buses are coming mostly from El Paso. When they get off the bus, they're... Um, they think they're in Baltimore, wherever they're supposedly being sent. They have no idea. They can't read their tickets. Oh gosh! So there's a group of um, there's just a, gr- a group of people that have been going there and just sort of welcoming them mm-hmm. and letting them, helping them figure out what where their bus is going to be, how to get to where they're going, and then just sort of sizing up the group and seeing. Uh, now, who doesn't have winter coats that are headed to D.C. or wherever oh, they're gosh. going? You know, there's babies that are coming off of these things without pants they're in diapers yeah. and they don't have diapers and women don't have tampons and they don't have food just and, life stuff yeah just Jeez. life stuff so that that uh, that's a selfish you know it's a it's a selfish thing that made me feel really good to do when i was home earlier in the summer so mm. i'm gonna pick pick up back up helping there yeah they're, they're super beautiful soulful people that are seeking that's cool. A safe place to be. So. And other than that, I love going to see live music, and I love going to see music, and I'm, I love cooking, and that's what fills my time. That, 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 that's enough, you think? I mean, I hope so. That's well, now that I'm giving up sewing, I don't know. I'm giving up sewing. What do you like to cook? Just anything? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big pot cooker. Like, I, I'm, I'm, like roast and stuff like that? Like soups and stews and, you know, gumbos and Mm. rice dishes and, like, I really like things that take all day to try to make, um, cabbage rolls and grape leaves and, I mean, yeah, I'm a big pot cooker. I'm not, I'm vegetarian again, so. Oh, okay. I never was good at a grill. I'm, your Mm -hmm. steak would be either, ugh, I just would, I would fail miserably cooking on a grill, but, um. And I'm a terrible baker. Okay. Because I want to be creative about it, and it's a science, and so everything fails because I'm so sure that it just needs twice as many blackberries as a car, whatever, you know? <laughs> I'm like, this needs more baking soda. Yeah. yeah. That's not how it works. It's really not. It's yeah. not how it works. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm more of a, a saute person. I, I've, I've yeah. gotten into breads for a while, and there's more flexibility. I mean, I mean, I'm no. sure a lot of people out there would disagree with me, but yeah, there, there seemed to be a little bit more leeway in the bread and some of the bread, you know, like hearth bread sort uh-huh. of situation. But man, everything else just yeah. no. I'm just not yeah no. trying to get that crust. Yeah, because I still mm. uh, yeah I'm, I'm like you. I'm like nah, a couple more yeah a couple more blackberries like you say. Yeah, yeah. why not? I when, don't. when we first got married, someone gifted us uh you know when instant bread machines were making the big. I kind of want one. Yeah. Dude, we hit we. I was just I was I was an addict. I was really? like I was like, what do you want to do? It's like let's make some bread. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, and like yeah, I was like in the afternoon, like this the evening. Well, we need some bread with dinner. Okay, and and I, I would just consume you know, and it comes out looking like this little loaf loaf, and yeah. then you just you, you eat a whole stick of butter with it, and then you know you do a couple months of that, and you're not feeling great, but <laughs> it, it's well, let it me was ask delicious. You this. Could you get a really good crust on the bread? I don't know. It was just hot. Maker? It was just hot. It was. It was. It was. It was just. It was just a. 
a step away from eating fresh donuts all day long is oh kind of what goodness. it was because it was just hot and, and, and fluffy Suck. and then you hit that butter on it and, and then you're just like, well, I, I could do that again. Let's make some more, you know, and it just, it just kept. So finally we had to just get rid of it because we were going to just, I think, you know, bust out of our pants pretty well, quick. Well, my <laughs> favorite, my favorite bread is a really good like crusty, chewy sourdough. Sourdough is yeah. amazing. I want it to. I want it to crunch on the outside, yeah. and I want it to be really yeah. just. And could you do that in one of those? You could do. You know, you could buy. You could get adventurous and try and make your own thing, or you could buy some little kit. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and and I'm telling you, it's just that thing when it comes right out. When like when it when the buzzer goes off and it's hot and all, you don't. It, How is long it, does it take? Man, it was like it was quick. Really? Yeah, just yeah, just They're look at look at I, I, it was just quick, like it was, four it was, hours. Quick I'm talking like, like this. A, this is like the middle '90s when these these things hit, and it was all the rage. Like Instapot. Are you a fan of the Instapot? I don't have one yet, but I think I would love it. Right. So there, there's that you know kind of like the, the reinvention of the pressure cooker type mm-hmm. thing. Right. It's uh, a pressure cooker. Yeah, but well, I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's a it's a really cooker. it's a really sexy pressure cooker. But uh, somebody branded back, back in the day when Beck and I got married, these things were like. You know, it was just the the thing to do and consume, and we just had literally had to get rid of it. That and uh, I was sucking down espressos. We got our own little espresso machine, and I was making mm. those day and night. And I didn't understand why I was having trouble going to sleep because uh, I was sucking down cappuccinos and espresso all day long. Okay, well we're on this ridiculous conversation yes. on your podcast. The air fryer. Okay. You have one? No, but oh, I, I, it's on my one? list. It's I on know, my it's list. It's kind of on my list. Is it? My yeah, mom has so. one. Does is it does it is it the bomb? Uh, she thinks so. Really? Yeah. We're we our our, our middle girl is <laughs> autistic. Gonna, gonna. Our, our, our middle girl is, is autistic, yeah, and she has. Yeah, she's talking about yeah. music all the time. This is way no, no. This is great. So, so like, so, so my middle girl has food like sensory things. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. yeah okay. We'll get mm-hmm. to it. Well, well maybe. Making, I'm, I'm, I'm making those. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sorry, searching. We're interrupting. No, 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 no. I was gonna say. So my middle girl has food sensory things with her autism, and and she, lack of a better, what she loves Chick Fil A nuggets. So if I could recreate that. With an air fryer, without her consuming a ton of oil, yeah. I think it'd be a win. Yeah, I think so. So it's on our list to, to check out. But yeah, everyone we know is that, that, that NAB one, they're all raving about it pretty quickly. Really? Mom I don't know it. anybody that has one yet. I just, you know, I've seen the infomercials <laughs> late night and thought, hey, <laughs> if that actually works. But food is good. Food is, you know, talking about you know, food is food's a good thing to, yeah. Yeah, I've actually been vegan just for a month. I've been vegan off and wait, on wait, for a month. Like vegan or vegetarian? Vegan. So straight up, like wow. Straight up vegan. Stephen Chopek is is as well. Oh yeah, he's he, and he's like we've we've bonded over it several times, and then I go off of it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I'm. I think this time I've committed. I'm committed. Yeah. It's just it feels best for mm-hmm. every part of my. Just feels best, but um, oh, I forgot what I was about to say. But oh, with veganism, yeah, you know, it's actually it's like it's like art. Whereas when you're trying to find out what you're going to eat, mm-hmm. um, being like with music, say you limit yourself to a concept, it's like a concept or an instrument. Sometimes you can find more creativity in the limitation. Right. Right. Yeah. So for for food and cooking, for me, it, it's like that for me being vegan and okay. or the challenge of finding food on the road. It's probably this. It's probably traveling sort of be. crazy, but I like having these strange limits on myself sometimes to be uh, able to like because I can get into it. And, uh-huh. and, it's necessary. I mean, if you if you have all 
well, I mean, just going to a, a creative standpoint, I mean, Stravinsky's famous for, you know, severely limiting, you know, what he could do in a piece. Right. You know, yeah, and it's like, nope, that I'm, I've only got, you know, these four techniques I can use or, or whatever it happened to be. And, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the veganism thing would be... I, yeah. I really want this to taste like a steak. You well, know? you are your own sculptor <laughs> you, you of your life, right? It's like, it's, you can't have everything. <laughs> yeah, Steve and I, we, we bonded over uh, Brussels sprouts. That was, uh, uh, yeah. We, yeah we, we, we both have uh, an affinity mm. for Brussels sprouts. Do you have but a I like mine with bacon. Yeah. He, he, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't not like the taste of meat. Well, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably wrong on this, but because I'm usually wrong, but I'm on. I, I, I go like I have vegan I try to go like half a week of vegan right yeah but I'm I'm kind of lately a half a week yeah half a week <laughs> and then you know just to just to you know because not because but I, I've recently thought about I, I kind of think vegetarianism is I don't know it's it's kind of bullshit oh no way. I think you should be <laughs> vegan yeah or you should just well, there's, oh. well, there's a diff- one of the philosophies about vegetarianism <laughs> for some uh-huh. is the no harm, right? So yeah. dairy, it's not a health issue. Dairy, apparently, you know, you milk a cow, you're not har- you're not killing butter, right. it. Butter, butter, dairy, you know. So there are people that are compassionate and don't want to hurt animals, mm-hmm. which is why some people become vegetarian. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So veganism, I think, is, you know, for me, I feel like I'm doing some part in my some small part in not perpetuating factory farming and climate yeah, issues. That's, yeah, that's yes. carbon footprint type carbon stuff. Carbon footprint yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah. you know, again, it's probably all more selfish than it is hurting, helping the world because I just want to feel good about myself like I'm yeah. not a bad person. Oh. And, and I, I guess I am coming from more of a health, you know. From a health uh, aspect, yeah. it's been amazing for me. Yeah. I feel better. This is the craziest thing. So I, I'm 44 and I started wearing readers last year because mm-hmm. I couldn't read in bed without holding this book really far away from my face. And I've been vegan strictly for a month Okay. now. You mm-hmm. know, somewhat vegan prior to that. Mm. Flexible vegan, like touring. If somebody, you know, put some nachos in front of my face, maybe I'll have those. But otherwise, in, when I'm in control, I was vegan. But now I'm like, nope, I'm going to commit, commit, commit. And the other night I was... Um, going to read in bed and my readers were in the van yeah and i just started reading and i could completely read again i can read close i can read far away huh my eyesight is um back what right i did say that that's actually true yeah. and i've read the last few nights in a row in wow. bed and can read that's the wild. tiniest that's cool paperback print and i think it's I think it has something to do with not having animal fat floating yeah. through my bloodstream. Like yeah, I, can I mean, actually certain, see. yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, I, I could, I could do, I wouldn't miss meat, really. I, 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 don't. I, I don't think I would. I, but I do love fish. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, one of my favorite things is well, I love you know like tuna, or just even tilapia. I love tuna like tuna grilled, fish like too. grilled, grilled fish stuff, pan, pan seared fish. I like Same. butter. I like butter. But butter, <laughs> butter is butter, amazing. And yeah, but you know what? You really, you, they really, they've really. I mean, the. <laughs> I don't know. I know what you're gonna say. Earth butter is <laughs> pretty badass. It's like, <laughs> I mean, after like a week, you don't really miss butter with yeah. the other butter. Mm. I could and do. You know Indian what I'm food. crazy about right now? This is weird. Yeah. Um. There's this. I think it's it's Y V E S is the brand, 
I'm I'm totally oh. nuts about Yves uh, baloney. It's this faux baloney. Oh, it's really? baloney baloney. It's totally faux baloney. Baloney baloney. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, hilarious. This is my favorite thing in the world. And there was a cool uh, documentary. I think it. I think it's new on Netflix. Uh, Actually, I think James Cameron did it, uh, but the Game Changers. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. that was neat. The you growing know, the, meat, or you mean like no? Or, that's weird. They, they actually start. That, that creeps me <laughs> no, 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 out. No, no, no. They they start. Uh, they start with like elite athletes. And it's a very. Mm. It's a pretty male centric right. take on it veganism, is. which it was is. still. Yeah. I thought it was still fascinating. But when you said the the re- with the readers thing, you know, seeing changes, you know, it's, it, that's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the growing the meat thing interests me at the beginning, and and then I I got on her point of view. It just it kind of creeps me out. It creeps me out. It's yeah. still at that. I mean, regard. It's still a muscle. It's still a living it's organism. The protein, I, I guess. You know? Right? Yeah. Something. Yeah, it's protein. But is it not a? I don't know. That's yeah. Cloning. It, know, it, it seems pretty weird. But it doesn't. I mean, it's a solution. <laughs> you know. It is. It, I'm all for yeah. it in that way. Mm. I just. Hmm. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. This conversation is it's been nice. It's, it's good. Been, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. <laughs> so, I, I, I was gonna say though, if, if I had to go vegetarian, I, I don't know, is Indian food vegan? Probably I guess much aspects of it. Of it. Much of it has much of it has got a lot of dairy in it. Because you have the dairy, but I, they I, do the big yo- they do a lot of the yogurt. Yogurt, yogurt and the ghee. Everywhere. But the you can yeah. the ghee. There, but there's plenty of it that also I, I could live I could live off Indian food for the rest of my life. Oh, we have a couple of gosh. Gosh. my favorite. Oh, we have man. a couple of Ethiopian restaurants in town and <gasps> yeah, I right? haven't Ooh, been yet. They're really good. The Blue Nile? Blue Nile's really good and I, I don't I think they've been there for a few years mm-hmm. and Ab- Abyssinia is I think, man, 10 or 15 years, maybe. Yeah, wow. I have never been to either yeah, of them. Yeah, it's really good. I'm Things to do in December. I'm going to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, but I, I did. So, but have you done Christmas shows? Is, is that a December thing? Like, do you get um, booked you know, to do a... Yeah, in the past. I, I mean, I've yeah. been solidly booked it pretty much forever since I started doing this. Playing, right. You know, house Christmas parties and Christmas shows. Uh, lots of different Christmas things. And in the last four or five years I get solicited less and less and um, I think people probably finally realize that I don't actually ever play Christmas music when they hire me to do these things. <laughs> That's okay. I don't don't really know any Christmas songs. Right. And so I don't play them. And what usually ends up happening is um, just to make it Christmassy, um, generally whoever's playing in the band, they'll sing a couple of Christmas Mm. songs in the midst of whatever I'm doing. Gotcha, yeah. Um, Yeah, I've never done the Christmas That's fun, yeah. I might have, I'm so busy with all the other things musically I'm learning that I haven't like sat down to learn a Christmas repertoire and likely never will. But oh well, well, well playing the uh, the wedding band circuit that was you know doing the private parties that was always a big I deal. It was that. always I love it. You should totally do the obligatory Christmas album. Oh, I bet I mean, you would like crush it. it. Oh yeah. Well, um, I was <laughs> I, I was. Uh, I just got canceled to play a gig at the Crosstown Arts um, Theater where I had my CD release party. Mm -hmm. And I I booked it right after after the CD release party in June to 
and it was going to be the big nine-piece band, and it was booked for November, uh, December 28th. Oh, wow. So I was going to do a winter program, mm-hmm. um, songs that feel winter, mm-hmm. but aren't specific to the hol- any holiday. Uh-huh. But like if we make it through December, it would be a Merle, Merle Haggard tune that we might do, and... Um, oh. Oh, we'd have to go. Oh, Winterlude, Bob Dylan's Winterlude. Just songs that feel winter. Yeah. So I was going to do this, and I wanted to record it and put out a live winter record. Um, but then there was some misunderstanding. They double booked the room, and they just canceled me, and I'm crestfallen and I'm sorry. Furious. I'm sorry. That I'm sorry. So, yeah, well... well but maybe ne- happens. maybe next year. Maybe well, I'll start learning these songs I want to learn and write the songs I want to write for. I I do want to ask you just uh, on another just like for musician singers. What 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 are some of your voice hacks for uh, keeping healthy, keeping your voice? Like I know with with the road, the travel. Do you have any regimen or things that you kind of keep keep it together, having to sing all year long? Um, I the biggest one is I don't eat before I sing. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't eat before I sing, and forever back even when I was just vegetarian or not eat anything, I never would eat dairy products before. Dairy. I would sing. Yeah, the big I could never believe why in the world venues would provide pizza as like sort of the the thing that if yeah. they didn't have a restaurant, they would order the band pizza. Right. And it's like really you want them to have a dough ball and cheese right before they go and perform. Like you're really not helping these guys put on a good show for you. It's foolish. But um, yeah, pretty much that. And um, and you know, drinking water. Just have water. Yeah. I'm, I don't always take that advice because generally I would have wine back there. Just yeah, great. Um, there's two actually. My my best vocal hack that I know of is uh, I got from uh, the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Houston, who's a sound engineer in town, who worked forever with, um, or you know, was the was basically the house engineer at the Zebra Ranch Studio, Jim Dickinson Studio mm. in Coldwater, Mississippi. Um, he gets Mix Magazine, which is sort of yeah. the engineers, whatever trade magazine. And um, I had a little bit of a cold going in to record a record there. Mm-hmm. And he had just read this article where the Dixie Chicks had all had colds going in to make this record that they had scheduled. And um, they were eating Lay's potato chips because right. it had just the right balance of salt and oil to coat your vocal cords okay. to sort of get over any raspiness. And now it's almost like a, um, you know, it, I'm like a good luck charm or yeah. a superstition I have about going into recording now I always make sure I have a bag, lay, of, Lay's. A bag of Lay's potato is chips is that right and also if I'm on the road and I'm feeling like my voice is scratchy or not feeling good I'll, I'll eat Lay's potato chips um, and uh, what else notice you're rocking the scarf here is that some people have said that really yeah. no I've never heard of that yeah. They rock the skirt. Keep, keep keep your voice. Uh, yeah. Keep your throat warm. Keep but your throat warm. I got to. Uh, I don't know maybe so. I got to see Leanne Rhymes down down in Tunica. A friend of mine was was touring with her, and uh, we got to hang out in the green room after she split, and we got to take home all her organic honey, apples, and a case of Corona. Mm. And that that was that was part of her voice regimen or what I don't know, but organic honey and apples, Fuji apples, and. Uh, Corona. So no Taco Bell and Bud Light Lime. No. 
Although that is, is that your, is that delicious. Your? No, it's not oh, mine. I, it's, I've got it's, a, that, that, somebody's in the room. That, that's my that's my guilty redneck pleasure of Taco Bell and Bud Light Lime is so good together. I don't I don't know what it. Is. I can see it. I can see it. I was so jealous when we were out with the wandering. You know, we all got to help contribute to the rider. You know. Mm-hmm. And I always would say, like, you know, healthy snacks, and which would be like, I'd want a um, a crudite tray and some Ooh. hummus, basically, you know, just hummus some celery and carrots, because yeah. sure. trying to eat somewhat healthy on the road. And Charday Thomas, who is uh, Othar Turner's granddaughter, who plays fife and drum, and mm. she has her own band, the Rising Star Fife and Drum Man, carrying on her grandfather's traditional mm-hmm. blues. Uh, and she's just a badass and adorable and um, on the road on the rider on our band rider she always had Starburst and Doritos wow man I I just it would just (laughs) torture me torture me to have specifically the Doritos because that's like high school guilty pleasure Doritos and Oreos were kind of like my you know high school junk food favorite things and she could eat half the bag and always just keep, you know, she's just, whatever. Whatever. Just was like, girl, <laughs> torture. That's cool. Luther had always have, uh, he would get jars of um, almond butter and he just eats them with a spoon on the road traveling. Like from Trader Joe's or something? Yeah, or he, just, would, he oh. would put on the rider almond butter. <laughs> I, got, I did end up loving some almond butter after that tour. <laughs> they also do that... Um, they make it butter out of the what the Biscoff cookies, or there's some other thing they do. Traders that's supposed to be just terribly good. I yeah. like those green pea puff. Chi- I don't even know what they are. Oh, they dry puff it. They like some green pea air, chips or something. Air like. puffed. Air, air puffed. puffed. They yeah. look like a, they uh-huh. remind me of funyuns, like the texture <laughs> of funyuns. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. I really like that's cool. Hey, so Becky just texted me, and the thing happening in December is oh, Vic- good. Victorian Christmas at the Dixon, weekends oh. of December 13th, 14th, 20, 20th, and 21st. set scenic painting, you can do scenic painting December 11th through the 20th or something like that. Anyway, hmm. for, well, we'll see if we can get you. Thank you. That's a, that's a lovely uh, concert I'd at the Dixon. I'd be grateful for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out of work all December, so we could use the free tickets. Hey, hey, that's good. <laughs> get get you hooked on opera. I would love that. Well, Jonathan, you got anything in your notes there? Uh, is this even usable? How fascinating could this possibly be? Oh, is it, oh yeah. I, is, think, is, I, I think it's just we'll, a good we'll game. listeners. We'll go from uh, five to seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, how and when, how long have you been doing this? This will be our fourth, fourth season. season. Fourth season. Um, gosh, we started... Two years ago. No, yeah, two years ago with Richard. And, I remember it was March when we spoke with Richard. So, yeah, not this past. You, you know Richard. Free, Free World? Oh, yeah, I love Cushing. Yeah. Cushing. He was our first ep- You should listen to that because that was hysterical. Was I blast. bet it was hysterical. And he just, I, I, I think I asked him three questions the entire two hours, and he just rambled on for, he was he was hysterical. Well, yeah, you're right. He is hysterical. It, it worked out because we didn't know if we were, I mean, we were like, hey, let's try this out, you know, and. and <laughs> <laughs> and Carl said, "Well, I think Richard would be a good, you know, first guest." And uh, and, and then we're just like, "Yeah, let's yeah. just let's just do it." So um, Richard and I have a mutual friend that passed away um, just 
maybe even just two months ago. His name was Ron Shapiro. Huh. Uh, Ron Shapiro was this character, um, lovely man that lived in Oxford, Mississippi. And um, he was just this, like, larger-than-life, beautiful soul of a person that always brought the party. He always dressed like he was in the middle of Mardi Gras. You know, he'd wear, like, wild glasses and patterned shirts, and he'd usually have some sort of, like, Buddhist beads hanging from his neck, and he might be wearing a top hat. But just, and not that his personality was over the top, he was just this really gentle soul. Mm -hmm. But he traveled all over the world to see live music. He was kind of like the ultimate fan Mm -hmm. wow and he would it would like he'd run and i'd run into him at a show i was playing in destin florida or london like he just had this way and he had and he was really specifically as far as i know really committed to the music of our area Mm -hmm. so after he passed away everybody was sharing all of these ron shapiro stories on facebook and richard cushion posted one of the most uh perfect Stories wow. that he had of Ron Shapiro, and free. So the story went: um, Free World was playing a little podunk blues festival mm-hmm. in Germany in some random field down a dirt road, and um, I'm envisioning maybe there's like 200 people out there at this right. little blues festival, and he and another member of the band had walked out to the dirt road to smoke a joint, and um, this lone guy on a bicycle comes you know, riding up this dark dirt road. And so they put the pot out and they were just hanging out there talking to each other as this bike was passing. And the guy came to an abrupt stop and he turned around and he said, Americans? And they said, yes. And he said, do you know Ron Shapiro? No way. Yeah. Yes. Is this great? Isn't that the best ever? No Ron Shapiro. (laughs) Yeah. That's like... Oh, oh, you work at FedEx. Do you know yeah. Bob? Oh, it's worse than that. The whole entire <laughs> yeah, country. Okay, yeah. And that's, yeah, Ron Shapiro is pretty amazing. And um, so Karen Blockman, who owns this restaurant, um, DKDC and the beauty shop. Yeah. So she's opening up, sorry, she's opening up a, a patio restaurant out back to show films. Oh, wow. And it's a... Uh, She's, she just sort of had a soft opening right before it's been getting cold. It'll reopen again in the spring. But mm-hmm. that that space is a tribute to Ron Shapiro because oh he goodness. had a he had a little venue in Oxford where he would That's show right. cult, you know cult yeah, films and things right. like that there. So she, it's in his wow. memory. Yeah, he was pretty pretty magic guy. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Richard Cushing, yeah. and it, that popped into my head as that, being one of my favorite stories I've read remarkable. about him. That's remarkable. Jeez, that is cool. Um, I've really enjoyed um, drinking coffee and waking Amy, up. Amy, thank you, with you so guys much. This, this is the, yeah. this has been a delightful hang. You know, I, we 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 wandered quite a bit talking about music and food and well, it's been a long season and this is the the, the closer yeah. right yeah right so it's appropriate and like you know it comes back around to, we're, what, we're to what we say go, go go see some live music you know even musicians need to go be civilians for a weekend and yeah i'm gonna try right. to devour as much as i can yeah. in december i'm ready to be an audience member for yeah a while. very cool mm-hmm. well thank you so much again well thank you and best luck to, with your blah blah and your it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be fantastic it's gonna be great thank i you. hope you edit edit this well will do you know carl i'm right here jonathan what i've learned is that production costs are real oh don't bring that up again oh we have to okay they're real 
I've been putting it off as long as I can. We have put it off. <laughs> we have. <sighs> Next season, maybe we can start filming the session. I wonder. Go all Joe Rogan. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Well, he, he's 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 big time. Um, you know, if that happens, you could someone could be a part of that mm. and help fund our endeavors of a little more production savvy and get their name out there in the process. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Because Memphis is a destination music arts destination. (laughs) (laughs) And you could be a part of us discussing that, exploiting the beauty of that. Sponsor an episode. Sponsor an episode. People are doing that. Hook us up. So speaking of this episode, it it was just fun to hang out with an artist and talk about life stuff. Because that stuff makes its way back into your music anyhow. It does. It really does. And... um. The, the relationships that you have, um, it, it all informs and starts to kind of creep back into your sounds, into your writing. And it was great to hang out with an artist who uh, is just living a lovely life, doing her thing, making art, um, wrestling with the weird animal that the music business is. You know, that was, that was some frank discussion and trying to, um, you think of like, oh, back in the old days... <laughs> When right. people would make money selling music, what's what's <laughs> that, <laughs> Grandpa? You know, and uh, um, and it's encouraging and to to hang out with folks that are are doing it and being real about it. Yeah, about yeah, it's what it hard, takes. It's just the hard work that goes into it. You know. So that's that's closing out season four. This is the wrap. Yeah, that's that's you, the last. You, episode. you may have started with this episode, but this was our wrap. Yeah, I mean we don't. We don't put it out in any particular order. No, nah, I mean, it, it's, it's for binging. Yeah, sure. So until next season. Okay. Season five. Season five. Man, just keep saying we're, I know, we're I, serious. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to season four. Thank you for hanging out with Memphis Machine and look forward to more artists coming your way. 